outside. And say if that thing took you, you know, 30 minutes to do each day, we'll spend that time praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world. Pray for uh, the congregation of Victory Life Church. Uh, Pray for this COVID mess. You know, however you see it, there's people getting sick from it, man. So uh, there's just so much to pray about. And we need to pray for unity in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Can I get a witness? Everybody, that's all I want to say about that, but we need to pray, okay? Philippians 1, everyone turn to Philippians 1. Philippians 1, it's on your monitor. Philippians 1, we're going to start at verse 27. And let me see here. Let's read this together. Philippians 1.27 Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer his sake, suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. That's our text for this morning. Lord willing, we'll get through it. If we don't, that's all right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your anointing, Lord. Thank you that your will is going to be done in this service, Lord. Thank you that what needs to be said will be said. And, Father God, that we will leave here encouraged, Lord, ready to fight the good fight, Lord. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let us hunger and thirst to be obedient to you, Lord. We love you and praise you, and your will be done. Thank you for giving us the strength we need. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. And everybody in the church said, Amen. So let's dig into this, guys. Okay, we're, we're continuing our study in Philippians. This is Paul's letter of encouragement to the Philippian church. Okay, the Philippian church are going through trials and tribulations. Uh, it's not a very popular time in history to be a Christian. Okay, for these guys, the Apostle Paul is locked up in Rome. And he's, the Apostle Paul is going through some crazy hard times himself. But as he's going through these hard times, and check this out, as he's going through these hard times, instead of focusing on how horrible and how crazy his world is, the world that he's living in, you know, he he wants to send out this letter of encouragement to this church, the Philippian church, because they're going through something as well. And the Philippians are a special church to him. He's He's got a special relationship with them. Okay. But check this out, Philippians 1 and verse 27. The Apostle Paul, last time we were together, the Apostle Paul was saying, I I hope I get to come see you guys. I hope that this thing works out to where I am able to come see you guys again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be when I walk through those doors and we get to see each other face to face and encourage one another in the Scripture. But now he's saying this, if I don't come... We'll do this. And if I do come, we'll do this. Okay, Philippians 1 and verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. 
Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So we can look at it like this. The Apostle Paul saying, whether I get to see you guys or not, or I just hear about you guys, stand on the faith. Be faithful to the instructions I've given you. In other words, let's live like Christians. Let's live like there's something different about us. Even though you're going through these crazy hard times, Philippian church, even though you're worried to death about me, let your light shine in this world. Live like you, live like you belong to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And I want to encourage all of us in that way because there is this tendency you know, to get in the flesh or, or you know, to, I mean, there's so much potential for us to lose our cool right now, you know, with, with everything going on in the world, you know. And, and you know what? Here's the thing, and I'm not talking politically at all. I'm not above that, but I'm not doing that. What, what I'm saying is as Christians, we have the answers, okay? As Christians, we have the answers. And so as I'm going through, you know, driving around, doing the thing that we do each and every day. Man, there's a lot of people that are just fearful, just fearful. I'm talking about 18 months ago, they were scared to death, and people are still freaking out. People are still scared to death, man, and it seems to be getting worse, and people are pointing their fingers at one another saying, you're the problem. No, you're the problem. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I think the problem is right here and right now, but I can tell you what the answer is, and that's Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Seriously, give him some praise. So here's the deal, man. Jesus Christ is the answer to whatever you're going through, whatever these other people are going through. So we have an obligation to let our light shine, to be salty, to make them thirsty for the gospel. Make sense? Matter of fact, look at James 1 and verse 22, talking about our manner of life. Paul's talking about, see, the Philippians... They were, they were very proud to be uh, part of a Roman province. They were digging on that. They liked the prestige and, and the honor that came with being Romans. And that's what the, Philippian, the, the, the Philippi, that's what the Philippians were, okay? So he's saying, um, looky here. Yeah, that's a good thing you got going on for you there. But way more than that, you're citizens of heaven. You're citizens of heaven. You belong to somebody way bigger than Caesar, man. You belong to the most high God. So when everything's crumbling around you, listen, man, it ain't about that. You live for God. So let your light shine for him. James 1 and verse 22. Look at this with me. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. We all understand that. We all understand that. Ain't nobody in here dumb. But be... But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Even though there's nobody dumb in here, it is very easy for us to deceive ourselves and think, well, I can do what I'm doing. I can do this little white lie. I can do this little thing because I understand what I'm doing it for. Well, look at what God says. He says, don't just be hearers of the word but be doers of the word. So that is super convicting to me, man, because I'm not always walking that line. I'm not always doing the things I should do. I'm not always letting my light shine like I should, you know, but this is what God says. Hey, man, same thing the Apostle Paul is telling the Philippian church, man. Live like you're Christians, man. Live like you have a higher purpose. There's a world out there that needs you. Your brothers and sisters need you. Amen. So, but be, I need to slow down, dude. But be doers 
but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We can give ourselves that little check mark. I'm very guilty of it. Ooh, I read a chapter or two in the Bible today. Now I'm going to go do whatever. No, don't just hear the word. Don't just hear the preacher. Don't just hear the gospel on the radio or on the internet, but do what it says. Amen? We're called to be obedient to the Lord. And look at 1 John 5 and verse 3. For this is the love of God. So this is what it looks like, man. Dustin, this is what it looks like for me to be in a love relationship with the creator of the universe. And that just blows my mind, man, that the creator of the universe thinks about you, thinks about me. He didn't just think about you one time, but he thinks about you, and he thinks good thoughts about you, okay? For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Ouch, man. So if I, if I love God then I should be obedient to his commandments. Like what, man? Like um, love God with everything that you are. That's what we're working on. And love our neighbor as ourself, you know? So that's going to start by trying to put God first in everything I do. And the more that I do that, the more I'm going to be able to love my neighbor, you know? Amen? Can I get a witness? For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments And his commandments are not burdensome. Is that true? Christian people, church folk, is that true? Are his commands burdensome? Are they meant to be a heavy weight on us? They're not meant to be that. And see, that's what John is saying. It's like God's not trying to put all this weight on you. Matter of fact, he says, my burden is light, man. You know, what he's saying is, I'm not trying to steal your fun. I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. I'm trying to get you to that place where you can live that abundant life, man, where you can just turn it all over to me. Can I get a witness? Moving forward, we're still in Philippians 1 and verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. Let's focus on this that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. He's talking about unity. He's talking about unity in the Philippian church. He's talking about unity in the body of Christ. He's talking to us right now. He's talking about unity in Victory Life Church. You know what I mean? So, and and Paul, being the smart cat that he is, being a Roman citizen himself, talking to Roman citizens or the Philippian believers, what he's describing is something that they would all understand. He's, distri- he's describing this military thing that the Roman soldiers would do. And this is one of the reasons why the Romans were able to conquer the known world at that time, why they were able to co- militarily conquer so much, is because they were regimented and they fought as a single unit. They, they had one goal in mind, but not only that one goal of victory, but the way they fought was, was unity. They would align their shields together. They would form these big, massive lines and then rows behind those lines. Okay, and, the, and what these guys would do is they would, they would connect all their shields together, and the guys behind the first row would put their shields up over their heads to where it was like a big wall. That would, and so your weakest link would be that guy that wasn't doing his part. Does that make sense? You know, but the Apostle Paul saying, man, you've seen them Romans, man. You see how they, how they do their war games. You see how, how, what happens when they go up against barbarians, when they go up against these people that just rush headlong into battle. And the Romans, they had, they had, 
very amazing military tactics. Like one of the things they would do, I already told you that they had that line in front, but then they had several rows behind that first line. And so one of the centurions or one of the leaders would blow a whistle, man, like an old school whistle. Beep. And so the first dude would be fighting beep, beep, with his sword. And then like 30 seconds or something like that, it, was, it wasn't very long. He'd blow that whistle again. That dude very orderly would, oh, I'm done fighting. He would go to the back of the line, dude. He'd go to the back of the line. Then that next guy would start fighting. Then that guy would blow the whistle, and it would go on and on and on and on. So no one would wear themselves out. They were unified. They had one goal. Okay, so the Apostle Paul is saying, church folks, man, keep that unity. Keep that, keep that one goal in mind, man, to spread the gospel, to serve Jesus Christ. That's all that matters, man. Amen? Praise the Lord. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. As Christians, we all got something to do. God has given you all gifts, talents, and abilities, different things that you were born with, certain things that he's been, that he's been growing in your life. God says, use those, man. Use those. Let that light shine. Do what you can do. Amen. Look at Colossians 3 and verse 13 with me. Talking about that unity. And think about it, guys. We can do so much. We can do so much more together than we ever could separate. With a bunch of people doing a little bit over here, a little bit over there, what if we have one common goal, man, and that's to love our neighbor as ourselves and to love God with everything that we are? If we can do that, man, that'll keep us in such a unified, uh, hardcore, tight-knitted group. You know what I mean? Man, I love God. I love God, and I love you. I love God, and I love you. Amen? Yeah, you're a little weird but I love you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you're a little... No, don't. Okay. Colossians 3 and verse 13. Bearing with one another. Okay, so what Jesus wants us to do. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Oh, man, really? Yeah, yeah, really. Okay. This is, this is, this is Christian folk. This is, so don't think that stuff like that can't happen in this church. It, it can happen in any church. It happens in this church. It happens everywhere. We get in little squabbles. We get in little things, and if we don't deal with them, they can fester, become a big problem. But see, check this out. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. That's, man, that's the key right there. That's what we got to understand, and that's what broke it for me. That, that, that's what broke my multi-year thing of unforgiveness, man, that was just destroying me, is that little tidbit of truth that I knew, but just one day, verses like that begin to pierce my heart. You're forgiven, man. You're forgiven. You knucklehead. You've been forgiven of all this, and I'm willing to forgive this person that you've got all these problems with. You know, if I'm willing to forgive them, what in the world are you doing holding that grudge against them? You know what I mean? My son died so they can be forgiven. And you're going to get on your little high horse and act like they don't deserve your forgiveness? Wake up, McFly. Hello, McFly, right? Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. God leaves no wiggle room. He wants his body to be in unity. He wants his body to be in one accord. And above all, these put on love, 
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You know what's going to bring unity in the church? Love, man. You know what's going to keep unity in the VLC, Victory Life Church? Love, man. Love for our Lord and Savior and love for our brother and sister. Can I get a witness? Give him some praise. Go ahead. Philippians 1, 28. And not frightened in anything. Okay, so, guys, I love you. If I get to see you, great. If I don't get to see you, eh, just walk like a Christian. Live like a Christian. Be obedient to the Lord. Keep that unity. Because as we get deeper into our study in Philippians, we'll see where there's, there's some, little, some little foxes trying to spoil the vine kind in the Philippian church. Some, uh, some things that are going on. And I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is dealing with when he talks about that unity. Because he knows of some, some turmoil that's going on in the church. And we'll hit that later in the weeks ahead. But now he says, okay, you, you, you cats are going through a difficult time. But listen, don't be frightened. Do you know that God is not the author of confusion? Do you know that God does not want you to have a spirit of fear? So, you know, Christians, shake that junk off, man. If you're getting freaked out about anything or whatever, you're not supposed to live that way. There's a bunch of Christians that need to see you standing up and saying, yeah, yeah, it's kind of wild, it's kind of crazy, but God's in control. They need that. They need that. And you know what? There's a lost and dying world that needs to see that, hey, there's something different about this person. They're in the same boat I am, but they ain't sweating it. Huh. wonder what that's about. Okay. And not be frightened in anything by your opponents. Philippian church has opponents, just like you have opponents. And see, we should not be opponents of one another. You see what I'm saying? We're supposed to be unified like that Roman soldier with the other Roman soldier. Locking lock our, our shields together. Got our feet planted and saying, all right, let's do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do it together. Can I get a witness? And not frightened in anything by your opponents. Because Satan's out there. The Antichrist system, the world's out there. Your flesh sure wants to get in a lot of trouble. So we got all this, you know, that's warring against us. But you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Look at Matthew 10 and verse 28. Okay. And do not fear those who kill the body. What? That's kind of scary, Jesus. What are you talking about? And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Oh, wow. Okay, do you guys understand that? Of course you understand that. There might be people, you know, that might kill some Afghanistan Christians. There might be some people that kill some North Korean Christians. But you know what? They're citizens of heaven, man. And like the Apostle Paul said, you know, I'm kind of stuck between two places. It's good for me to stay here for you guys. But if I go home, man, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. If I'm here, I'm going to be fruitful. If I'm there, I'm going to be fruitful too. Whoop-de-doo. And not frightened in anything. Look at Matthew 10, 26 again. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. See, there's a part of me, there's an immaterial part of me that the world can't have, man. That Satan can't have because that belongs to Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Okay. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him 
And let's be honest, man, that's kind of the problem, man. That's my problem is, I, you know, a lot of times I don't really feel, I don't really fear Satan. I don't really fear the world. I don't really, you know, I'm like, eh. but I don't have that reverence for God like I need. You know what I mean? That's what's missing from us all, man, probably. I mean, let me just say that's what's missing from me. That's what's missing from Preacher Paul is I often do not have the reverence I'm supposed to have for my Lord and Savior. You know what I mean? And that's the beginning of wisdom, man. That's got to be my foundation is that jaw-dropping reverence for my Creator. Amen? And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Wow. So don't fear your opposition. Stand up in the face of opposition. Be obedient to the word of God. You know what I mean? Be obedient to what the Bible says. But don't fear that. Have reverence and respect for your creator. Psalm 23 and verse 4, talking about no fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where have I heard that before? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, David had this figured out. Even though I'm going to go through some crazy times. I'm going to get through it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Who's with you, David? God is with me. David's remembering his time with the sheepies, man, and how he knew that nothing was going to come between him and his sheep, man, that he would do what he had to do. If a bear comes, all right, bear, it's, it's not a good day for you, dude. If a lion comes, not a good day for you. A giant comes mocking the most high God, not a good day for you, man. You know, I'm about to prove to you there's a God in Israel, buddy. <laughs> Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, David had that figured out, man. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we don't have to fear what the newsman says. We, well, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's, we, don't, we don't have to worry about what the newsman says. We don't have to worry about if it's true or not true. You know what? All we got to do is have reverence for God and be obedient to his word. You know, there's a lot of things that you don't know. There's a lot of things that we will never know on this side of Jordan. Does that make sense? But what we want to do is be obedient to the word of God. Let him be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. If I need wisdom, ask. And he ain't going to get mad at me for asking. So, yeah, man, maybe there are some people. Maybe there's something going on where there's some wool trying to be pulled over your eyes. Well, guess what, man? We belong to the Most High God. The Lord is my shepherd, okay? So if I find myself in a mess, he's going to lead me through it, okay? If I need wisdom, he's going to give me wisdom. Make sure you're listening to the right voice. Can I get a witness? Excuse me, I'm about to cough, but I ain't ill, so don't run away from me. <coughs> or maybe I am. Okay. Okay, now looky here. And not frightened. Okay, Paul, we got it. Don't be frightened of our opposition. And not frightened in anything by our opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. Why are we being persecuted as Christians throughout the world? Why did we outlast Rome? Why are we still going strong? Why is the Bible the most sold book forever and ever and always, man? Why is Christianity not going away? No matter how much persecution they put on us, how come we're, we're growing, man? How about that? Why is that? Look, man, 
you are an enemy of Satan. When you belong to Jesus Christ, you are an enemy of Satan. Before you were saved, he could care less about you. He didn't love you. He didn't like you. But he, you weren't no trouble to him, man. You're like a dog in the corner with a chew toy. Here you go. You know, he ain't sweating you. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, you become a live, active enemy of Satan. Okay? He's a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. And we need to understand that. Okay? But see... Why persecution? Why is all this going on? Okay, because Satan hates you, man. Satan hates the church. Okay? Now look. Romans 12 and verse 19. No one's getting away with nothing. Nobody is getting away with anything. So let this give you peace, man. Okay? Why so much persecution? Well, God's not being lazy. He's being patient. And his wrath is piling up for some. Romans 12 and verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Huh. Think about that, man. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Doesn't that give you peace to know that when all this injustice and hatred and murder and all this stuff's going on in the world that God says, you know what, dude? Nobody gets away with nothing. I'm the one in charge, man. Just chillax. Trust in me. You obey my word. You obey me. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. All God's people said, there it is. Huh? Really? Seriously, man? Okay. Doesn't that get you excited? Not that we want to see God's heavy hand of judgment fall on somebody. God wants all to repent, but God knows who's going to need taken care of. God knows who needs to be taken out to the woodshed. God's going to work all that out. My job is to be obedient to him. Can I get a witness? All righty. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. Uh, the reason why they're persecuting you is because they don't belong to Jesus. Okay? And if they don't repent... They're going to get what's coming to them. But of your salvation and that from God. But the fact that you're being persecuted also shows that you belong to Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I said? Matthew 5 verse 10. We're getting close to the end. Matthew 5 verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Did you hear that Dalton? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Or you can, you can, you can take blessed out and you can say blessed, you can take blessed out, and you can say happy. Okay, now look, happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why in the world would I be happy if I was being persecuted for righteousness' sake? What do I have to smile about if I'm being tormented because I love Jesus Christ? Because I'm just a pilgrim passing through, man. You know what I mean? This is just a temporary place for me. I'm going to spend eternity in the presence of my Lord and Savior, man. Now, get excited about that if you're alive. Get excited about that. Seriously. No matter what you're going through, that is awesome. That is great news, man. We're only here for a season, but we're going to spend eternity in the loving arms of our Lord and Savior. And guess what, folks? I got news for you. Yeah, we better learn to get along now. We're going to be together for a long time. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Guess what, man? That's awful good news. You know what I mean? 
Uh, tomorrow morning at sunrise, you're getting your head cut off on the beach, and it's going to go on YouTube so everyone gets to see it because you're a Christian. I don't really like how that sounds, but uh, I'm going to heaven, baby. Yeah. Cheer up, beloved. Philippians 1, verse 29. Last slide, Clyde. Philippians 1, verse 29. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Oh, wow. Hopefully you found that out. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the preacher told you about that before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that there is some persecution that can and will be thrown your way because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, hopefully that wasn't hidden to you, but oh well, the Bible hides nothing. It's all out there in the open. Philippians 1 verse 29, this is the only road for you. You chose the right path that Jesus chose for you. You accepted it. Congratulations. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him. It's not only about your salvation. It's not only about you believing in Jesus Christ, but also there's this, but also suffer for his sake. We might have to suffer a little bit. We might have to pick up our cross and follow him like he tells us. If you want to be my disciple, okay, you got to pick up your cross. You got to follow me, wherever that means, man. If it does lead you to that, you know what I'm saying? Can I get a witness? Look at Matthew 5 and verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great. We, you know, we are so bound so often by the things we want to accumulate for this world or the things that we've worked so hard for, you know, in this life. But, but let's be real, man. Whether you have those things or those things have you or you can't get no sleep because your neighbor's got the biggest, best everything and you ain't got none of that stuff, you don't be like that, man. That stuff's just passing away. That stuff's going to fade away. I do funerals all the time, man. You know what? You don't get to take none of that stuff with you. You don't. You know, sometimes your family members will put all kinds of keepsakes and stuffs in the coffin with you, with your corpse. You ain't going to get nothing out of that. You know what I mean? I wrote you a nice little letter to read on the... <laughs> it don't matter, man. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Matthew 5, verse 12. Rejoice. Rejoice. Blessed are you. Happy are you. Rejoice, man. Get excited. Start kicking up some dirt and screaming. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. You're in good company. You're in good company if you're being persecuted like the Christians in Vietnam or China or North Korea or Africa. You know, you're in great company. You know, they did it to the prophets. They did it to Jesus Christ. Okay? Now check it out. Verse 30. I'm going to do 29 and 30 again because y'all been good. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now here that I still have. Apostle Paul saying, you guys are going through it and I love you. Live like a Christian, man. Let your life shine. I'm going through it, you know, and I'm talking about joy. 
I'm, I'm being excited over here, man. God's given me a whole new audience of people to lead to, to lead to Jesus Christ, man. You know, and God's doing some great things through our persecution. And, you know, every time you're actually persecuted for the cause of Christ, you know that you get to experience just a little tiny bit of what Jesus Christ went through for you. You know what I mean? You get to identify with just a little bit of what Jesus Christ went through for you. Even if you have to lay down your life, you know, that's still nothing compared to what Jesus Christ did for you. Because for one thing, you ain't taking your sins with you. You know what I mean? You're not going to have eternal judgment, you know, because Jesus Christ took your sins with him. Jesus Christ paid for your sins. Not only did he pay for your sins, he paid for the sins of all humanity. He truly felt the absence of the presence of his father he felt that absence for a period in time so when we die even if we die as a martyr we will never know what it feels like to be alone because jesus christ had the separation of god the father if you are if god asks you to lay down your life for him you won't do it alone all right you might be the only one out there but the most high god will be right there with you amen think about it think about it church folks this is a downer message huh not really not really not right? Not really. Man, we are Christian folks, man. And I'm just going by the text. And the Apostle Paul's encouraging these cats, man. Let your light shine, dude. Don't be a baby. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a baby. All right, yeah. Excuse me. I'm all right. No, nobody do that Heimlich thing. Don't do it. I'm all right. Kelly, help me, buddy. No, I'm playing. Okay, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. Listen, in case you didn't know. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life. Are you trying to do the thing? Are you trying to live the godly life? Okay, did you sign on the dotted line? I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus Christ, you are the Savior of all mankind. I need you to be my Lord and Savior. Did you repent of your sins? Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. If you're trying to live a little g godly life, if you're trying to live a little g godly life through anybody else other than Jesus Christ, you're not going to be persecuted. Some people might roll their eyes at you, but you'll get the good seats. Everybody will say, oh, that's awesome. You're in some weird hubba blah blah That's awesome. That's great. But when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you just made an enemy. But see, that battle's already been won. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You want to be a Christian, and you're not letting, that, you're not letting your light underneath the bushel, but you're letting your light shine? You're going to make some enemies, man. You know? And Satan's going to try and bring some division into your local body, into the church. Man, but I love God, and I love my neighbor. Okay. Are you there one cool? First Peter 5 and verse 9. Resist him, firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. We've got to stand on what is true, man. That's the big thing about fear, you know, is we get so sick and nauseated and anxious about things that we just don't know. You know, God knows, man. God's in control, and he's my dad. You know what I mean? So he's going to do what's best for me. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And think about that, man. 
We have brothers and sisters that are suffering throughout the whole world because they love Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul is saying to the Philippians, I know you're going through it, I'm going through it, but God is good, man. This is awesome. Be full of joy in the Lord always, man. Be unified. You two over there squabbling, work that junk out. Stop it, man. Be unified. you got a goal, man, to spread the gospel, to let your light shine, to, 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 to make people thirsty for what the word of God is, make people thirsty for that truth, man. we got to be salty. Can I get a witness? All right. Father God, we love you and we praise you, Lord. Thank you that this church is unified. Lord, that we love you more than we love ourselves.